Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I welcome us again. Good day, my brethren. I welcome us again to God's presence today as we share God's word, as we share his word. I welcome us to Dominion Studios. And I believe very strongly that you've been having a great day. And the I believe the change in weather here is being celebrated and appreciated by us all. I welcome us to this edition of Dominion, uh, Faith for Dominion, which is an outreach arm of Dominion Voice Christian Outreach. I welcome us in Jesus' name. Uh, I, I, I believe very strongly that we have been going through, everyone of us have been following the teaching of um, this, the teaching we've had, we started with this corresponding action, corresponding action activates faith. I believe you have been blessed. And if you are joining for the very first time today, I want to encourage you to please go look at the first two editions uh, before today. It's, uh, you'll be able to connect it well and it will be able to impact your lives and make it better. Amen. Uh, straight going to the word today, I just want us to go and uh, hear God's word. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We bless your name. We are grateful for bringing us together again to learn at your faith. Father, we thank you because anytime you want to do a new thing in a man's life, you introduce the newness of God's word, of your word. It is now time, O oh Lord God, to do something new in our lives. And we pray that you will release your word to us, even in a way that we all understand. Thank you, Father. And above all, we pray, O oh Lord, that you will make us a doer of God's word. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Glory to God. I'm excited to share with us today. So today we're looking at the topic which we said earlier, corresponding action activates faith. And we have always known in this, I mean, taking it into knowing this teaching that in this class or in this uh, teaching that, hey, Hebrews 11 one says, faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And we walk by faith and not by sight, which translates to that when we walk by faith, God is pleased with us, God is excited, and God wants, God wants us to walk in that realm the more. However, many times we realize that a lot of people think they walk in faith, but they are not walking in faith. They are walking outside of faith. So today we are looking at, still under that topic, corresponding, corresponding action activates faith, we are looking at the enemies of faith. Last week, we looked at examples. We looked at two case studies. And we looked at number one, the case study of a man that was paralyzed that his friends brought, four of his friends brought, and they brought him to Jesus. And the Bible says in, uh, in that scripture we read, <clears throat> in that Mark, in Mark chapter 2, verse 5, 2 to 5, Mark chapter 2, verse 2 to 5, these four guys brought their friends and uh, brought their friend, and their friend who was paralyzed, he was on the mat, he was paralyzed, he couldn't move, and they brought him to Jesus. When they brought him to Jesus, they observed that the whole place was filled. They were crowded inside and outside. In fact, the Bible says there was no room for them to be able to pass. But what did these four people do? They went and took their friend and did not take no for an answer. They went and climbed the roof and removed the roof and brought this man straight in the presence of Jesus. And we looked at four key things there, a couple of things there. We said, number one, there was no place in the room, which means that there are times when your place is filled and there are oppositions, there are hindrances, there are obstacles. 
you those things will always be there. Number two, they had the problem of carrying this man, and there were four people who came and they helped him. Now, this man had a situation wherein he had four people carrying him. And then we looked at the man also at the pool. At the pool, who when Jesus Christ went to him, he said, oh, Do you want to be healed? He said, I have no man. And he said, I have no man. And Jesus Christ said, Well, when it comes to the, the resurrection and the life, you don't need man, all you need is the most high. And he told him to get up and walk. So this, this man in Mark 2, he had four men. For that man at the other side, he had no man to, to take him into the pool. So what that translates to, whether you have assistance or you don't have assistance, God can do what he wants to do in your life. The only determining factor is your faith. Your faith. Now, there were hindrances, there were obstacles. People didn't want this man uh, to get in, but the, his friends took him. They took him through violent faith and they brought him and lowered him before Jesus Christ right from the rooftop. You may want to ask, what exactly are we talking about here? But they said there was no room, and that is one thing you have to bear in mind. Faith always creates room. Faith always creates room. If your faith can be seen, like Jesus Christ said in that verse 5 of Mark chapter 2, 2 to 5, verse 5, he says, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, your, my child, your sin are forgiven in the New Living Translation. When Jesus Christ saw their faith, when people, when situation and circumstance sees the corresponding action to your faith, there will be room. There will always be room. And then we looked at the example of that woman who was at the woman with the issue of blood, with the issue of blood. Now, this woman was stuck with her problem. But this woman got a miracle as she moved close to Jesus. She moved close and close and close and close. And she moved, she did not listen to what people were going to say. But what people were saying, this woman just moved on, she pressed on. Mark 2, chapter 5, verse 20 to 22. This woman suffering from this ailment for 12 years. She did not, she was not ready to take a no for an answer. The crowd were there, but she continued to press on. She continued to press on. And then she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And right there, and he just Christ said, Someone touched me. Everybody looked at him. The disciples looked at him. What do you mean, Master? By saying someone touched him. We can see here that there are so many truck, people trucking on you, but there is always a touch of faith. There is a touch of faith. And that was the touch that woman gave to Jesus. And she received a miracle. So we now moved on to enemies of faith. And the number one enemy we discussed last week was ignorance of God's word. Ignorance of God's word. When a, an individual is ignorant of God's word, you realize that you will not be able to take advantage of faith. You will not be able to take advantage of the benefit of faith in God. If you are ignorant of God's word, you cannot... Every man's mountain is his ignorance. Anytime you are faced with a challenge, you are ignorant of something. And whenever you are ignorant of God's word, God's promise, God's provision in the Bible, you would not be able to walk at the rate God wants you to walk. You would not be able to operate at the, at the, at the position, at the predestined that the Most High God wants you to, to operate by. So when we are ignorant, we realize that the devil continues continues to to cheat to cheat us that is why it is very very important it's very important that look you cannot afford to be ignorant of those things that have been provided for us you can't afford to be ignorant of it you can't the devil may not stop you from praying 
but he will always stop you from going into God's word. Because he knows that once you go into God's word, you'll be able to see his promises. You'll be able to know those things that rightfully belong to you. The Bible says in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, Hosea 4, verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If my people are not destroyed, I put it in my own way, not because the devil is strong, but because of lack of knowledge. So lack of knowledge is ignorance. Lack of knowledge of the provision that is made for us is ignorance, ignorance, ignorance. Lack of knowledge is ignorance. You are as strong as what you know. Proverbs, Bible says in Proverbs, is that a man of no, a man of wisdom is strong, but a man of knowledge increases in strength. That is, the what you know, the realm you operate is directly proportional to the knowledge you have contacted. What you have, what you know, and the level you operate, the level you operate is directly proportional to the knowledge that you have contacted. So that means little knowledge, no knowledge, no, no power. Little knowledge, little operation of God's power and God's manifestation. So it is important for every one of us to know that knowledge is important. A man of knowledge increases in strength. You are strong as the knowledge you carry. You are strong as knowledge you carry. So ignorance of God's word is a major, major, number one enemy to faith. You cannot afford to be ignorant. You can't afford it. It's too expensive. Ignorance, ignorance is too expensive. Don't play with it. You want to say the cost of acquiring the knowledge is too much, then please don't try ignorance because ignorance is much more expensive than the knowledge, than the knowledge you are going to acquire. What it will cost you to acquire the knowledge? And that goes to every one of us here. You're going into any business or anything, please get knowledge. You're going into God's word, get knowledge. Everything in life, every face in life is a pro, is a reflection of the knowledge that we have. So number two, enemy of faith. Number two enemy of faith is fear. 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 Fear is, fear is the direct opposite of faith. When you see a man who is operating in fear, he becomes paranoid. He cannot even access God again. He cannot even access the knowledge of God's word that he, he or she has. You know, I was talking to somebody recently. She studied criminology and uh, because of the course of study, she had to go through a lot of events of crime, reading about crimes and all. And at a point, she was almost becoming paranoid. And uh, shortly after that, then she had a dream. And she had a dream that she was um, almost going to be held hostage. And I said, when we are talking, I said, look, thank God it's a dream. But one thing is reflecting is you have floated your mind your subconscious so much with different kind of crimes, so much that has got into your subconscious and you don't have sufficient word of God to be able to suppress it, to be able to break it down. So at the end of the day, she went to bed and she started dreaming of crime around her. And that is why it's very, very important. Anything that takes faith out of you, you must be able, you must please walk away from it. If you cannot walk away from it, maybe by virtue of your job or your academic study, then you must have sufficient work to detonate every of those things. Because nothing enters into you and leaves you the same. When you hear God's word and enters into you, 
it will realize that the word of God will produce faith in you. And when you listen to opposite things also, it creates fear in you. Listen, the Bible says that faith grows by the word. Faith grows by the word. The word is what makes faith grow. So, if you want to get away fear out of you, then you have to take in faith. Faith. When fear knocks your door, let faith answer. And you can only grow your faith <coughs> by the word. By the word. You can only grow your faith by the word. So it is very, very important. What you expose yourself to. Do you expose yourself to horror theme movies? Do you expose yourself to negative gist? Do you expose yourself to marriages that are broken every time? Do you expose yourself to crime in your city? There are enough of bad news all over. You cannot continue to allow that to enter into you consistently. No, you have to guide your heart. The Bible says guide your heart with all diligence. For therein, if therein springs the issues of life. The issues of life comes from the abundance of the earth. That's why the Bible says out of the abundance of the earth, the mouth speaks. We must guide our heart. Let not fear enter into our heart. Let not take in negative testimonies. Let's not take in people who die of negative things or strange things. Don't listen to those. Listen more to people who get their healing, people who prosper, people who are doing well, people who are lifted by God in his own special way. Those are the kind of things you should listen to, things that will build your faith. So don't entertain fear. Second Timothy, Second Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter, chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy 4, 1, 7. The Bible says, For God has not given us the, the, a spirit of fear. NLT says, a spirit of fear. There is a spirit. There are different kinds of spirit, but this one is a spirit. God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity for us to be timid. But what God has given us is both of power love and self-discipline another my fashion says of a sound mind so when we listen to god's word when we take in god's word you realize that fear gets away there is a spirit of fear now listen to me how does the spirit of fear come upon a person it could be cast as a spell over people but there are times the spirit of fear comes naturally into people's life when you consistently live in fear fear of armed robbers fear of um, kidnappers yeah, those things are there. Fear of accident, fear of uh, financial breakdown, fear of financial drought, fear, fear, fear of sickness, fear for the children. Remember, the Bible talks of Job that those things that he feared came upon him. So God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity. You don't have to be timid. The Bible says the righteous as bold as a lion. Boldness will be infused in you as you take in God's word. As you take in God's word, the revealed truth of God's word, boldness comes into you. That is why even as a Christian, we must be careful to even the kind of messages we hear. Messages that we instill fear in you, please go away from it. Go away from it. Don't listen to it. Things that will build faith in you. You must listen to it. That is why we always encourage you to stay tuned to this station and make sure you listen to this. Whether you are listening now or later, go to our YouTube, go to the to the YouTube, and type in the Dominion Voice Christian Outreach. A lot of resources will come for you. You need to get faith into your system. So 
Fear must not be you because God did not give you the spirit of fear. Anytime you are afraid of darkness, you are afraid of cockroach, you are afraid of the rats, you are afraid of different those things, listen, it is not of God. It is not of God. And you have to work at it to make sure that you don't allow fear to be established in your life. It is not of God. Fear is, will always drive away faith. And you can always build your faith by listening to the word of God, listening to those things that are positive. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Philippians 4 8. The scripture says, whatever thing that is lovely, whatever thing that is of good report, whatever thing that is that is kind, whatever that is, that is wonderful, say meditate on these things. Those are the things that God, God wants us to meditate. Everything we are to meditate upon is in Philippians 4 8. Anything outside that is not to be meditated upon. Anything that is contrary to that, that you meditate upon is a poison, is a poison to your spirit. So we must get rid of any form of poison. Number three, enemy of faith, doubt, doubt. James chapter one, James chapter one, verse six. Let's look at what the scripture says there. James 1 6, it says, But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown tossed, that is blown and tossed by the wind. Now listen. You have to be sure, you have to be sure of the fact that what God is telling you, what God has spoken. Anytime you allow doubts on the inside of you, you are not qualified for what you are asking for. Doubt is a, is a killer, is a major enemy of faith. The Bible says, if you shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and you do not doubt in your heart so whatever you say well, you would have by implication it means anytime you live in doubt you're not qualified for that miracle you're trusting him for please don't live in doubt you can doubt your doubt but don't doubt the word of god you may doubt your doubt, but don't doubt the integrity and the effectiveness of God's word. We must bear in mind that what you are trusting God for, what God has spoken to you, the Bible says it is by two immutable things, it is impossible for God to lie. What are those two immutable things? The promise and he swore. The promise and the oath. He swore that by two immutable things. So when God gives a promise, he also swears by it that it cannot fall to the ground. When God spoke to Sarah at the age of 89, going to 90, at the age of 89, that you would bear a son. At 90 years, Sarah, uh, Sarah gave birth to Isaac. She gave birth to Isaac. Abraham was 99 years when God also spoke to him because at, at the age of 100, Sarah gave him Isaac. But as long as there is doubt, you cannot have what you are asking for. 
So please doubt your doubt, but don't doubt God. It is an insult. It's an insult of the person of the Most High to doubt Him. It's just like somebody, maybe for example, let me give myself as an example. As a young lad walks up to me and says, please, Pastor Larry, can you buy me candy? And, and, and I go and I say, okay, I will, give, I will get you candy tomorrow. And he goes and comes back and says, are you sure you will get me candy? How much is candy? I can afford it. I can afford a carton by his grace. So why should you doubt that I will give you just one pack of candy when I can afford a, possibly a truckload of candy? So why should that? That is the same thing. It becomes an insult. When God says, silver is my gold, is my silver. If I was hungry, I would not ask you. He said, the power to make wealth, I will give to you. He said in his word, he said, by his stripes, you were healed. He said, the young lion may lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek God shall lack no good thing. So when you are a seeker of God, you must know that you will not lack anything good. So if anybody asks you, and you are saying it confidently that I will lack no good thing. And he said, how do you know you will lack no good thing? He said, well, because the Bible tells me that they that seek the Lord shall lack no good thing. And I'm a seeker of God. I, I, I seek after him. I long after him. I listen to him. I do those things that he says to me. So the condition is I seek God. Once I seek God, he will, I will not lack anything good. So I can say confidently that as long as I'm seeking him, I will not lack anything good. But how can you be seeking God and still be thinking that you will lack anything good? You are insulting God. You are insulting His integrity. So anytime you doubt, you are living in obscurity. You are on your own. O-Y-O. -O. You are just on your own. So please don't doubt. Don't doubt the Word of God. You don't doubt the capacity of God. Don't doubt the ability of God. Don't doubt the promise he has given to you. And if you are trusting him for anything, please go into the scripture, go and look for his promise. Then take up his promise and bring it to him because the Bible is an open check to us and you are the one that will write what you want on it. But anytime you doubt, you, do, you are not qualified for it again. If someone gives you a check, and you collect the check and you want to go to the bank and you keep coming to that person maybe give it to you on friday and you keep coming back to him you came back to him on friday you came back to him after shortly after he gave you the check are you sure this check i will be able to cash it he says yes you come back to him first thing on sunday on monday on saturday morning you come by two o'clock you come by three o'clock you come by four o'clock you come by five o'clock asking the same question are you sure this check will not bounce are you sure this check will not be returned are you sure this check will not be void at a point the person will look at you what are you talking about here i've told you a thousand and one time go cash it on monday go then you come back again on sunday over all the all through sunday asking him the same thing god gets in such a person will get enunciated just tell you bring my check i'm not going to give it to you again why because you are doubting that is the same way it is when god gives us a promise and you keep going back to him going back to him Going back to him to check, cross-check, Lord, are you sure this is your word? Are you sure this is your word? Are you sure this is your word? No, no, no. That is not faith. Once it gives you, you say, once have I spoken, it's for us to hear twice. The power belongs to him. If God speaks to you on a single matter more than once, 
then you are highly, highly favored. It's only your blood to give you a word once, and it's for you and I to hold on to it and ensure that this word does not fall to the ground. Whenever we live in doubt, we walk, we rob ourselves of God's promises. We rob ourselves. Now, irrespective of your location in the world, you can be in the midst of famine, you can be living in the midst of poverty. And if you are the only one that is able to trust God, God will make you a cushion in the land of Egypt. People will say, oh, it's only favored, oh, it's only fortunate. Oh, you are not, there's nothing like that. You have only trusted God's word. And the favor of the favor that is of God's word will make it to work for you. Amen. Number four enemy of faith is when you trust in the arm of flesh. When you trust in the arm of flesh. Now, Bible says, they that put their trust in the Lord, they shall be like Mount Zion that cannot be moved but abides forever. When you trust God's word, when you trust him, you trust him. You get to a point, you just know that, look, it is, it is easier for heaven and earth and the moon and the star to crash than for the word of God to go without being fulfilled. Trust God. Trust God. Now let me give a slight example here about trust. It's like a young, I mean, I mean um, people uh, like this man who is, I mean, who does circuits. I mean, when this this man he, he is able to to place some stones, he puts a, a wire from one top from one skyscraper to the other and runs it across, and then he walks on that wire on that high tension wire from one skyscraper to the other side, and everybody's watching. Everybody says, "Oh, good, you've tried." Then he takes his son, puts the son on his shoulder, and then walks back on that skyscraper without a parachute or anything underneath it. And everybody says, wow, if you want to try, why carry your son? What if you make a mistake and you die? And then later, everybody then asks all the people, do you believe, do you have trust in me that I can do it again? And everybody said, yes. Then he said, now bring your son. Let me carry your son on your shoulder and let me walk on that high tension wire. And everybody said, no. Everybody took their son and left. Now, they believed he could do it, but they never trusted him for it. Now, the issue is, do you trust God for your miracle? Do you trust it that by two immutable things, it is impossible for God to lie? Remember those three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had faith, but the king said, now, are you sure? I'm going to throw you into the fire. He said, look, even if you throw us into the fire, we are moved from the realm of, to the realm of trust, that we are not going to bow to your idol, and they held on to God. So trust him. Trust him. Trust is when you are solid in him. And then the last enemy, when, when you trust in the arm of flesh, it becomes an enemy. When you trust your uncle, you trust your father, you trust any other person. God will use those people, but they are channels. They are not your source. You have to know that. Don't, you, don't, don't be a bootlicker in your office. Do your work well. Do your work well. Don't suck up to people. Do your work well and trust God. Trust him. Men are vessels, but God is the source. Then lastly is feelings, fear, feelings, and facts. Feelings, facts, and figures. Your feelings, the facts, and the figures. These are number five enemy of faith. This is number, number five enemy of faith. Your feelings. God says you are healed, but you're still feeling those symptoms. Ignore it. 
Your sister walked up to me some time ago, I think about 10 years ago, and she said, uh, is it 10, maybe 10, 15 years ago? Then she came back and said, Pastor Larry, I want you to pray for me. I have this particular event. And I said, what is it? And she said, well, it's a big person. I said, okay, okay, let's pray. But she, before we prayed, she said, this person prayed for me. That pastor prayed for me. That pastor prayed for me. I said, are you sure? I said, yes. I said, okay, fine. I'm not going to pray for you again. I said, just believe God's word. Believe those prayers. She said, go. You just realize it will go. I said, are you not going to pray for me? I said, no, I'm not going to pray for you. They prayed for you. And the very first time those pastors prayed for you, God has heard. But she was walking with the feelings. The feelings. After a while, she was, according to her, she was taking her bath one day, and she realized that that ailment had gone. She said she didn't even know when it went. And that is how it is. When you are driven by your feelings, you can, you're not walking by faith. When you are driven by facts, when you hear people say, let us be real, or let us be factual, they are moving from the realm of faith to the realm of senses. To the realm of the senses. Now, once you move from the realm of faith to the realm of the senses, you lock yourself out of what God wants to do. God wants us to be unreasonable when it comes to working with him. Because when we work with the reasoning, the reasoning gets us to a level and we can't go beyond it. But when you're going to work with God, you have to be unreasonable. People say you are unreasonable with what you're doing. That is when you are holding on. But make sure you're holding on to God's word. When you hold on to God's word and you are doing what he says you should do, people say you're unreasonable. And that is the realm of God. Where reason is no longer functioning. Where fact is no longer. One plus one we tell you fact, we tell you is equal to two. One thousand plus one thousand is equal to two thousand. But when you move from the realm of fact to the realm of faith, which is the realm of the supernatural, the realm of God, the Bible said a thousand will put one, one will put a thousand to flight. Ordinarily, two should put ten, two, two thousand to flight. But the scripture says two will put ten thousand to flight. What arithmetic are you talking about here? That is the arithmetic of faith. One will put a thousand to flight, put we put ten, two we put ten thousand to flight. So when you walk by faith, when you walk without looking at the facts, the figures, you realize that you come into the realm of God. God has spoken to you concerning that business. The money in your account is not enough, and you have to go ahead, step out, and do it. There is provision for you as you go in the way. There is provision, but if you don't step out, you will never see those provisions that are there. God will only show you the end point, but he will not show you what is in between. He will expect you and I to walk by faith in the in-between to get to that end point. But if we walk by feelings, by facts, and by figures, looking at the figures, then we are not ready to walk with God. Walking by faith is ignoring the facts, the feelings, and the figures. Ignoring it, but holding on to him, knowing fully that there is a provision that he has made for you along the way. However, make sure you are holding on to his word. I want to stop here. My time is up. Are you there? And God has spoken to you concerning several issues in your life. But you are looking at the wind. You are looking at the storms. You are looking at the climate. If you continue to look at that, you will not move. But God says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Stop walking by facts, figures, and feelings. And let's walk by faith. Are you there? You are not born again. Without you getting in contact with Jesus, you cannot walk effectively in this realm. Because this is the realm of the supernatural, of the realm of Jesus. Do you want to give your heart to him? I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today to accept you 
into my life as my Lord and Savior. I am sorry for my sins. And I ask that your cleansing blood will cleanse me. Your precious blood cleanse me from all sins. I believe in my heart that you died and rose on the third day. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Today, I am saved. Today, I am born again. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it. Congratulations. You are born again. You are born into the family of God. I welcome you to this family. As a newborn baby, you need to grow. I want you to pick, get your get a Bible. Please get a Bible and start studying from the book of John. I want you to start studying from the book of John and read through. When you see John chapter 1 verse 1, as in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. That's the preamble for you to know so that you will know you are in that word. Not first John. Not second John or third John. I'm talking of the gospel according to John. Start reading it and read and read. And then start living a prayerful life. And you need to get into the church. So I want you to look for a Bible-believing church around you. So many of them are in different are all over. Please go meet their pastor. Tell them Pastor Larry Ajanoku sent you to him or her, to the pastor there, that you want to grow, that you just give your heart to Christ. You want to grow. And if you have questions or testimonies, please take the liberty to write me on Dominion Voice, Dominion Voice Outreach. Dominion Voice Outreach at gmail.com. It's going to be scrolled on the screen. Please write me. Share your testimony. Share your prayer points. Or you give me your heart to Christ. You want to reach me? Please reach me. Dominion Voice Outreach at gmail.com. I promise you, I will reply you. I will write you back. And we'll stay in touch. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord preserve you. The Lord sustain you. The Lord guide you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to pray for us as we round off today. Don't forget to tune in the same time next week. Same time, lunch hour, 12 noon, here in Edmonton. That is Mountain Standard Time. And if you are in West Africa or wherever, you have to look at the location, the time. However, this is a, it's going to be recorded. It's going to be on YouTube, on Facebook, and also on Instagram for about 30 days before it is brought down according to this Instagram policy. But please, listen to this word again. And I want you to forward it to your friends. Let somebody hear this word. It's going, to take, it's going to transform their lives and they will take a new step and a new means of life. I want to pray with you, with, with you right now. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word that you have sent to us today. I thank you for the power that is in your word. I thank you because when you are doing something new, you send the word to us. Bible said you sent forth your word. Your word healed them and delivered them from destruction. As the word has come today, let this word heal your people. Let this word deliver from destruction. Let this word liberate your people in the name of Jesus. I pray for you today by the Spirit of the Lord that your thirst for the Lord will be on the increase. You will know God more, you will serve Him more, and you will be established in His courts in the name of Jesus. I pray that that door you are trusting, door, that door you are trusting to be open to you. I command door to be open, that door to be open to you in Jesus' name. Receive your desired job. Receive your desired breakthrough. Receive your healing. 
I rebuke that sickness in your life in the name of Jesus. The Bible says the stranger shall be afraid and they shall fade out of their close places. That sickness in your body is a stranger. I command you to fade away. I command the fear of God upon them. I command you to fade away in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing now in Jesus' precious name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. It is done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you abundantly. I hope to see you again this time, this same time next week. Always remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. God bless you. See you again next week.